Welcome to Active Word with Bishop Ishmael Sam of the Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, UDOLGC. Called of God, he ministers under the anointing of his father, Bishop Daghiwad Mills. Bishop Sam is the resident bishop of the Loyalty House International, Abbey Dawenya, of the Dawenya Afenya Link Road. He oversees many churches, both in Ghana and abroad. May the power of God be activated in your life today as you listen to Active Word.
Hallelujah. The Bible says in Proverbs 1 8, My son, hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. The father is about to speak unto his children. Stand to your feet. It's time to hear the word of God. Something good is going to happen. Something good. Everybody. Why you are still sitting down? Nazareth passing your way today. Are you sure? Are you sure you are ready to receive him today? Then let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for this gathering. And thank you for our fellowship, which is with you and with the Spirit and with one another. May our fellowship be sweet. And may your presence be here. Thank you that we are not living the same as we came in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that through the ministration of the drama, the dancing stars, the music, many, many things have taken place. Instructions have come. Sicknesses have left our bodies. Evil spirits have left our bodies. And we are free to receive your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you once again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's take our put our together for Jesus and take your seats. 
Let's turn our Bible to Matthew chapter 15, verses 4 to 6. Matthew 16, 4 to 6. Today is Father's Day. Today is Father's Day. One of the things you see about Father's Day is all the shopping malls were empty because Father's Day, they don't really, they just want to be home and eat and watch football. Amen. So all the shopping malls were empty. If it was Mother's Day, you will see that it won't be easy. Amen. And I want to say Happy Father's Day to every man who has fathered both spiritual and biological father and children here today. God bless you. May your children, may your children honor you in the name of Jesus. And um, this occasion is not an occasion only to honor, if you like, your spiritual father, if you like, like me in this church, but it's an occasion to remind you of the blessings of honoring your father. Hallelujah. It's an occasion to remind you of the blessings of honoring your father. So let's go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 4 to 6. Matthew 15, 4 to 6. It says, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that cursed father or mother, let him die the death. Hmm. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus, you have made the commandment of God of non-effect by your tradition. I think, let's go to the New Living Translation as well of the Bible. New Living Translation of the Bible, and let's read from the New Living Translation of the Bible. It says that, for instance, for instance, listen to what this verse, passage of Scripture means. For instance, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. He said, who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother? Do you get it? So a way to dishonor your parents is to speak disrespectfully to them, is to denigrate them. You are dishonoring them. Even if your parents are some way, Bible still says, honor them. Do you get it? So you don't gain anything if you like some of you to publicly engage your parents if they have offended you in an open fight. We used to live in a place and every morning you see this young girl insulting the parents. Anytime they corrected her, she would come out and she had these big veins on her neck. She would insult her and the big veins would become large and be insulting them and things like that. You see, that is dishonor. And you can imagine the end of this girl. The next verse says, But you say, it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. Are you see? He says, sorry. You say, you say, you say. 
It is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. Wow. Last verse. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God. You cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition and your own understanding. Do you see? So I have often heard people say, Bible says, call no man father except God. So when people are honoring, let's say their pastor, honoring their parents, honoring, they say, no, you don't need, by what they were saying, they were saying, you don't need to honor your earthly parents. If you honor God, it's enough. And that's what they were teaching. If you honor God, it's enough. God is your father. And is, Jesus will tell them that it is wrong. It is wrong. You can't say that. You can't say don't honor your father, don't honor your mother, who birthed you, who, of course, his father is, isn't it? So don't honor your father and don't honor your mother who brought you forth into this world. You cannot say that. And you need to honor them. You need to respect them. Hallelujah. You don't need to say bad things about them. By, I don't know whether I'll say by the grace of God or whatever, but I happen to witness a very unfortunate thing about my biological father. We are 10, and I'm sure I'm the only one who witnessed that. And to the glory of God, not even one knows about it. And I was not even a Christian. But somewhere within me, I thought that, look, it is not right. It is not right to take something of your father. I have not heard of harm. I have not heard of shame. I have not heard of, I think I have heard of Noah, but I didn't know what it meant. Because everybody had heard of Noah if you went to Sunday school. Did we hear of Noah? Yes. It's Sunday school. But I didn't even know what it meant. But I didn't do that. And I know that it is part of the reason why God has blessed me. Do you get it? So don't say, never say that don't honor your father. Don't honor. Don't, don't, don't by your tradition say that, oh, why do you honor men? They are mere men. But don't, they are not mere men. Do you get it? Today, I was, ah, like today, I saw on Pastor Paulance's um, front page, either she was wishing him happy Father's Day or he was whipping, wishing her, reminding her that he was a father. I don't, I'm not too sure. But she was so young, little like this. And then she had become big. So as I was looking at the two pictures, I said, wow, what a difference. What a difference. So young and become so big now. And taller than the father. And I said, you see, the mere fact that you are taller than your father today, the mere fact that you are a big girl today, doesn't mean that you have not once been a child. That someone had not cleaned you. Someone had not corrected you. You don't know as you are sitting here, like you have poo-pooed on yourself before. You have wee-wee on the bed before. So many things. And today, if someone tells that don't honor your father, don't you think that it's a curse? It's a curse. Hallelujah. That is why the Bible says again in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, 1 to 3. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
Everybody say, this is right. Say, this is right. Say, this is right. It is right. Obey your parents in the Lord. It is right. Verse 2. And then he says, Honor thy father and what? Honor thy father and what? Which is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and your mother. It is the first commandment with a promise. There were other commandments, but this one, when it came, it came with a promise. And what was the promise? It says in the verse 3, that it may be well with you and thou mayest live long on the earth. Hallelujah. How many of you want it to be well with you? Yeah. Look, if a pastor prays for you, if a pastor anoints you with oil, and you dishonor your father, you dishonor your mother, you have canceled all those things. It's not going to happen. If a pastor blesses your marriage and pronounces all the blessings upon your life, and you have dishonored your parents, you're going to have a hard time. It's going to take grace. Hallelujah. And so as we celebrate today, let's listen to the word of God to honor our parents. Honor your father. A father is a, is a spiritual being. I remember when we were growing up, I mean, till he became born again, my father was not particularly um, a believer till he became born again. Do you see? But any time my father traveled, somewhere, somehow, we were all fall sick. This person will have malaria. This person will have stomach ache. This person, it's like something is missing in the house. And they would take us to hospital. They would give us those days. They used to give us chloroquine. Chloroquine. Have you heard of chloroquine before? Okay. Not chloroquine. Um, the one we took. This is not hydroxychloroquine. The proper one. The, the one that when the yes, you can itch for three days. And you forget about your sickness and concentrate on the itching. Yes. It would have been better if you have allowed me to continue my malaria. Do you see? And But as soon as he comes home. Sometimes he even came home drunk. But as soon as he enters, some way, somehow, everybody gets well. Everyone gets well. And it's like, what has, I mean, we didn't know then, but as we have grown, it's like, what was happening in those days? And so, so everything points to the fact that your father is a spiritual being. And you need to honor your father. You need to, you need to remember that it's your father who has, who, even if your father didn't take you to school and paid your school fees, because there are various kinds of fathers. Some fathers brought you into this world, isn't it? You say they didn't look after me, but they brought you here for somebody to look after you. They brought you here for somebody to look after you. If you were not here, who would have looked after you? So at least remember him small and honor him. Hallelujah. Remember him and honor some of you. Your parents, your daddies are very old. They left you to your mothers. But it's okay. This is the first commandment with a, with a, prom, with a blessing, a promise that it will be well with you and that you live long. Hallelujah. And I want you to live long. I want, I want you to be well with you. Don't exchange words with your father. Don't go to a point of time. Your father, is, even if your father is a cake, 
There's a way to say it. You get it. There's a way to say it and laugh at him. Nicely and laughing at him. They tell me all the time. You get it. In a nice way. <laughs> you get it. Nice way. But then he will try and learn. You see, he will try and learn. And by the time I realize he's even doing it better than you. You see. So this is a very important scripture. It is still in the Bible. It still works. Anybody who has been a father figure in your life. A father is not the only one who knew your mother anytime during the day and you were born. No. That is not only a, a father. A father can come into your life, look after you, and be a father to you. Not necessarily your biological father. Do you get it? I've heard many, many stories of people who take people and just look after them. And I have a lot of people in the church doing, some, doing things like that. So this is, this is also a kind of father. That's why at a point, a pastor becomes a, a type of father. At a point, a pastor becomes a type of father. And when somebody is annoying the father, you don't have to be annoyed. Because you don't know what the person has done to the person. You don't know why the person is honoring the person. You don't know why he calls the person a father. You don't know. You get it. So, instead of being annoying, look for your father and show the same thing to your father. Do you get it? Then you can be happy. I get what I'm saying. So thank you very much for all the kind words you spoke to me today about being a father to you. But, but it's not only to me, but to your biological parents. Because you see, you cannot, you cannot come to church and speak nicely about your church father and your father at home, your biological father, you speak in a certain way to the person. You cannot do that. You cannot even talk to any elderly person um, and, and, and anyhow and come to church and say sweet words about a pastor. It's, it's still the same. A father is a father. So a father is a figure. And no matter the figure in, that, in your life, you need to. That's why in those days, when we're sitting there, we see an elderly person who stand for the person to sit. But do, these days, it's two ways. You know, somebody was saying that he stood up for somebody to sit down and the person was happy. You know? But I stood up for an elderly person. He wasn't happy at all. He said that I'm making him feel old. So sometimes to, this, this is, it's, it's a little bit different. You don't know how to go about it. He said that I'm making him feel old, but he's also a young person. So he stood and I sat. And we all went where we're going to. Amen. But have you, have you been blessed today? Yeah. Wonderful. Anywhere you see a wonderful family, there's a father. That's why I want to pay. I want to thank God for the father that he has given to me and he has given to all of us in the, in, as a spiritual father, Bishop Dark Ward Mills. You don't need to stand if you don't want to. So, you see this beautiful family, beautiful music, beautiful atmosphere. Some of you, the only time you are laughing this week is in church. The only time you are happy is in church. And some of you, sometimes when we are in church, you want us to close. But when we close, no, the sadness starts because you don't have anywhere to go to. You know that when you go home, the sadness will start, the depression will start. Do you see? So it's good to have a family with a father. 
And that's what we need. And sometimes mothers are fathers. Yes. Sometimes mothers are fathers and fathers are mothers. I've seen it several times in my life. Where the, see, that's why I say it's a figure. It's some kind of a, a title, a figure. You get it? Mothers can take the role of fathers and you need to honor them as such. Hallelujah. So God bless you. And as you honor, may, you li- may it be well with you. May it be well with you. And may you live long. Any sickness hiding to kill you before your time. As you honor, may the honor neutralize those diseases and those sicknesses. Anything that is a hindrance for your life, may the honor, the oil of the honor, may it remove it from your way. May life become sweet. May life become nice. May life become colorful and beautiful as you honor the one whom honor is due. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive the blessing of the Father. Receive the blessing of the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Put your hands up for Jesus. One of the ways of honoring a father, one of the ways of honoring a father is to obey his words. One of the ways of honoring a father to show honor is to obey the words of your father. That shows that you honor the person. If I want to show honor to God, it is not just talking. It is doing what the Bible says. Is, it not, is that not so? It's doing. That's what shows that I respect God, I honor him, and I appreciate him. That's the highest honor. When you do the words of the person. Amen. And so we honor God by obeying scriptures and by doing the Bible. And Christian man, Christian, Christian lady, let's honor God as a father. And we shall receive the father's reward. Amen. Because, you see, Christianity, Christianity is a way of life. And then it brings you a family with a father. But at the end of the day, God is still our father. And we should never ever forget that God is still our father. All that we are doing is so that one day we shall go and be with our father forever and ever. Is that not so? All that we are doing, the church is to keep you in shape to meet your father. The church is to give so God has given you fathers, if you like, on earth here to help you, pastors, teachers. So the church, the church will keep you in shape. The church will be a check on you. So that finally, we shall be with the Father, which is, which is in heaven. And how many of you want to be with the Father in heaven? Bible says he has a beautiful place for you. Beautiful. Some of you, when your father was building, he built your room for you. Today, I've left home. The room is no longer occupied. Because there's a time for everything here under the sun, here on earth. But we are going to be with the Father who is making rooms for us. And we shall never leave our room. It's going to be eternal. Oh, you are not happy about that. If it were not so, I would have told you. But in my Father's house, there are what? Beautiful rooms. Let's not forget about this. 
Why am I saying not, let not forget about this? Because our Father in heaven is keeping here. We are passing through this earth to heaven. Hallelujah. Beautiful place in heaven. And why am I saying that? Well, God is keeping here, us here on earth. And as long as we are here on earth, some way, somehow, the earth will try to order the things of the, of the world will try, you do get it, will try to get at us. Will try to make us love this world. Will try to make us love this world. But we need to know that our Father loves us more. And anything here on earth that will make you want to love the world and therefore forget that you are going somewhere where mansions and rooms are being prepared for you, you need to get Get, cut it off. You need to cut it off. And there are a lot of things. You see, Bible say, you are of the world, but we are not in this world. You are not of this world. And Bible said, we shouldn't love the world and the things of this world. You get it. So there are things of this world, but there's always a, a, a way that we Christians must live. For instance, when the dancers were dancing, they were dancing beautifully. Is that not so? You know, this same dancing can be danced in the world. But see, the dancing they are dancing, they are not for the world. They are not for the world. No. The dancing is not for the world. The dancing is children dancing. But there's also a difference between dancing in church and dancing in the world. Because the same dance in the church can become evil when it is done in the world. Because of the spirit behind it. Because of the spirit behind it. That is why you need, as God is taking you through this world, to homes, beautiful mansions that is preparing for you, you need to be able to know the difference. You need to be able to know the difference. You see, to know that if even a song is sung in church, because I remember when we were unbelievers, there used to be a certain song. We used to dance to it at the discotheques. If you can remind, remind, remind me, Pastor Paulans. And they, some, they used to play the And the beat was every disco when they used to sing that song. Ah, you were Beautiful song, but at the disco, at the disco, and it had a very beautiful, that was in the 80s. It had a beautiful um, 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 rhythm, and, and in every disco I, I, I went, they used to, and when the song comes, go out the beat, and the guest was like, hey, come and see. And you see the woman, I mean, I don't know why I remember that particular song. Do you get it? So it was a song with Yesu in it. But sung in the disco, it changes. It changes. Are you get what I'm saying? That's why you need to know the difference. You need to know the difference. Because I'm getting to, I'm getting to the understanding that some Christians cannot see the difference between the world and then the church. Yes. So even this time, Christians, I was talking to a young guy in the church who participates in certain things of the world 
on television. And I said, look, this thing, it is good. You can do the same thing, but in another way. Because, you see, there's a boundary. When you cross that boundary, you have crossed it. When you cross it like this, you have crossed a certain line. And it's so subtle. It's so subtle that you don't know when you cross it. Do you get it? You don't know when you cross it. So that is why I would not like any Christian, so-called Christian, who engage in certain things on Facebook. I will not. I will not encourage it, and I will not like it. I will not. Now I'm wearing the garb of a father. I will not. And I will encourage you, it is bad. There's a difference. There is a difference. And you cannot tell me because you dance in church, it is not the same. I've been at the disco before. It is not the same. It is wrong. And no Christian should get yourself. A Christian can, are you asking me a Christian cannot be, a Christian can do something, something. But there's a way to go about everything. So those of you who think I don't see things, who who think I don't read things, I read and see things. And I'm telling you that, you see, there's a thing. When you cross that line, you see, when you cross that line, you can never come back. It takes the grace of God to come back. So let's be careful. Let us be careful. And don't think that the mere fact that you have have known somebody in church means that what the person is doing is right. No. No. It doesn't even if it's the pastor's child, it's my daughter, it's my uncle, it's not, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right here with me. Wonderful. So that is why as as a child, you are blessed by one of the ways to honor your father is to do what they did here. The drama, I think they've even preached. I don't need to preach. The drama, they have really understood that scripture very well by the drama they did here. Yeah. Yeah. I really understood it. That is why probably I'll just talk about one fact and we go because everything in church today has been preaching. So if you go to chapter 4, chapter 4, we just, are you happy you are in church? Yes. And you see, there are things in church. I'm telling you, there are people like your guy you saw on one of the reality shows on television. I may not have come to here to talk, but I called him personally and I spoke to him, what you are doing is wrong. I called him. That what you are doing is wrong. And you should stop it. Then, then, then he told me the be- a beautiful idea he had. I said, you are, the idea is very beautiful. But there's a way to go about it. The idea is very beautiful. And I, I, think, I think I even like the idea he had. I honestly like the idea he, 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 he had or he has. And I'm even thinking of encouraging him. But I just told him that, but you can also go through another way and do the same thing and become mega. Hallelujah. A lot of things are for us. So just that sometimes people just associate certain things to, with it and make it bad. They are not necessarily bad, but the way people make it look like. So we, we, maybe one of these days we have to start doing so many things and so that people will be free to express themselves. Are you here with me? Chapter 4. Lessons on loyalty. Lessons on loyalty. Maybe I'll do just one or two and then we would, we would go. Loyalty demands full persuasion. Loyalty demands what? 
for you to continue to be loyal. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. It says that, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. Now, anytime anybody starts talking like this, it means the person is under pressure to deny something. You see, something is happening for the person to run away from someone that probably associated with. You get it. And uh, maybe things are not going on well in the person's life. So he says, for which cause I also suffer these things. And suffering, times of suffering, times that things are not going on well, are the times that you really see those who are faithful and those who are not faithful. Amen. He said, I am not ashamed, even though all these things are happening. I am not ashamed. I'm, 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 I'm affiliated with him. I'm flowing with him. I'm a friend to him or her. And I'm not ashamed at all of the person. Why? He said, for I know, I know whom I have believed. Yesterday night, after performing a funeral service at a place, and just when I was about to eat, I had a call. And the person told me, my 16-week-year-old child is gone. Six weeks, sorry. Six weeks old child is gone. And I remember six weeks ago when this person called me and told me that he has two girls and was waiting for a boy. And then, you know when the boy was born? The boy was born on his birthday. So special time, special child. And then six weeks, and just when we went, left the funeral ground, he called my wife and told my wife, my child is not well. So we are taking the child to us, but I've tried to call Bishop. I have not got, but at that, I think I was officiating the funeral in Achimota, so I couldn't take the phone. So he just told me, I said, okay, when we get home, I'll call him. Just when we go home, then the call came. He said, the child is gone. I said, why? What? And as he was talking, then he said, he asked, so, so all my sacrifices... God didn't remember. He said, God didn't remember any of my sacrifices. I thought God would remember. And then I had to take my time and talk to him. I said, look, never, it's painful. It's painful. And I told him, it happened to me too, that I also lost a child like that. It happened to me. And I said, it's painful, but never question God. Never question God. Just keep believing. Be persuaded. Be persuaded. You see, it's easy to be persuaded when everything is okay. Isn't it? It's easy to say all the things we say, sing all the songs we sing when everything is okay. But when there is, when you are suffering, when there's a problem, and you have to, and, be, and the person was far away on mission, so I have to do a face um, WhatsApp video. So I was talking to them. They were weeping, crying. And I was also at the other side, talking. And I explained to him and the wife. And I tell him, he was telling me, the wife didn't know. He said, the wife had now come 
so the wife was going to eat and come. So when I finished, and then the wife also came, and they were sitting in the car. So I asked, so I asked the wife, so what has happened? So she told me everything, how they've taken the child to the hospital, and everything. So I said, so what are we looking for next? So they say they are going to transfer her, the baby to a big hospital, and we are believing God that everything will be okay, and the sisters are at home waiting for them. We just Oh, she was talking. And said, so how do I tell her? That the child is no more. How? The safer thing to do is to go to the word of God. The safest, isn't it? So I had to take the word of God. But I'm talking about being persuaded. So I had to tell them, I had to convince them that God is still in control. Yes. And for you who is listening to me, maybe you're also going through certain problems. And maybe your child is not there, but similar. I just want you to be persuaded that God is still in control. Hallelujah. God is still in control. You see, we, I know whom I have believed. See, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able. He's able. But the word is persuasion. Persuasion. You must be persuaded on your own what you believe in. What you believe in. Do you get it? And most, as I said even earlier on, Christians, you must be persuaded of the God you, live, you believe in. You must be persuaded of the word you are listening to. But on your own, you must understand it. Do you get it? You must be persuaded. And when you are persuaded, that is why it's so easy for the devil to take it out of your heart. You have to be persuaded. And one of the things about loyalty, about since we are talking about loyalty, with this point is that loyalty demands full persuasion. You have to be persuaded of who you are, you are following. You are persuaded of the friend you have. You have to be convinced about it yourself. Do you know loyalty can be taught a thousand times? But at the end of the day, you need to be persuaded yourself about who you are pledging your allegiance to. Who you are saying I'm going to be faithful to? Is that somebody recommending a, a marriage to you? You get it. You don't just accept. After the recommendation, you are now, have to, you are now going to have to be persuaded that I love the person. Otherwise, if you ask anybody I've been married for one week, have you started experiencing it? They will tell you that it's not easy. You have to be persuaded so that over the years, because you are persuaded of the choice you made, when you see other choices or other options, other options, you don't say, ah, the beautiful ones were not yet born when I was choosing. Now the beautiful ones are born. You have to be persuaded. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it's the same thing with loyalty. You have to be persuaded. You have to be persuaded about the person. Look at the drama. Uh, they didn't mention their names. But you see that the gentleman, the other gentleman, who said, I, I do have a twin sister. You see, you realize he, he was supporting everything. <laughs> and by the way, we pray for all those who acted. May that spirit never be a spirit that will come upon them in the name of Jesus. 
May God protect them. But the gentleman, he was here and here. Katapoy said, but you, to do, you, didn't, you have to investigate and see. Maybe it's true. Do you get it? There are some people who can be confused. How can you be confused when you see another woman and say that, can I marry her when you are married? How can we be confused? I mean, if you have Pastor Kisley, he may say you may admire. <laughs> or if you have Reverend Francis, oh, you may appreciate. But you should not be confused. There's no room for confusion. Because as soon as you are confused, it, there's a problem. I get what I'm saying. You must, be you must be persuaded that this is the one God gave to you. It's as simple as that. Even if you end up knowing that the person is a wrong choice, try and convince yourself that, Charlie. <laughs> you have to remember. <laughs> I think lawyers are one of the best examples of loyalty. Because you are in it until, the person, until death shall do us part. And some, some people have been praying that the spouse will die. That's the only way out. Hey! But the reason why you must be persuaded, the reason why you must be persuaded is that there is no one who cannot be accused. You will get to know that for everybody, people will say things about you. But you who are following the person, you have to be persuaded in your mind about what you are doing. There's no one here who will not, no one, someone will not have any negative thing to say. If it's not in church, it's in your office. If it's not in your office, your neighborhood. If not your neighborhood, your family somewhere. They have something to say about you. They, they have something to say about you. And our master, the one we serve, the king of kings himself, Jesus, he was accused. He was accused. And let's see some of the accusations that he was accused of. Luke 23, 2. And I'm going to ask you these accusations, whether it was true. Luke 23, 2. And they began to accuse him saying, we found this fellow perverting the nation. Perverting the nation. Was Jesus perverting the nation of Israel? Was he? You see, you are not convinced. That's why you can't talk. And you are the one Satan can, can, can confuse. Was Jesus perverting the nation? But I said, we found this man. And he was perverting the nation. And if you read the book, other, the other translation says, he was misleading our people. If you look in the wizard, there's a translation, 20th century New Testament. He said he was misleading. Was Jesus misleading the people? Was he? Some of you are still not sure. If you can't answer, then you are not sure. Was Jesus misleading the people? Then the four gods, another translation of the Bible. It says that Jesus was teaching our people sedition. Hey. Then the next verse, and perverting our nation and forbidding us to pay taxes to Caesar. 
Now, the other side said, preventing them from paying taxes to the emperor. Was Jesus doing that? Jesus didn't prevent. In fact, when they came for taxes, because he didn't want any problem, he went to catch a fish. And said, Charlie, well, how much do we owe? Then they told him some money. But he said, go and catch the fish. Move the coin from the fish's mouth and pay them. So accusations of taxation didn't start today. It started long ago in the days of Jesus Christ. For a long time, for a long time, people have been trying to tell the church should do this, the church should do this. The New Testament, the morning English say that they accuse us of telling them that it is wrong to pay taxes. They were accused Jesus for telling them that it is wrong to pay taxes. Did Jesus say that? He didn't say anything. He just caught a fish. And to the coin. He even said, render to Caesar the thing that are Caesar's. And to God the thing that are God's. You get it? So, he didn't do that. So, Jesus was accused in Luke eleven 15. I'm just going to close very soon. Don't worry. Luke eleven fifteen. Look at them. Jesus was casting out devils who? Pieco! And the demons would go, Aah! and they will go. But some of them said, he casted out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. Hey, it's a woman being dear. Whatever you do. Someone asked me to explain something to a person. I said, look, I, can't, I won't bother to explain to you because whatever you want to believe, you already believe it. So I'm not going to waste my time explaining anything to you. Whatever you have believed, you have believed it. The same scripture in modern English in your book, it says, he was accused of being in league with Beelzebub, the chief of the evil spirit. Recently, I heard somebody saying that the rings that the bishops wear, they have powers. So I started looking for my ring. I started, I said, wow, I did not have powers like that. They said the rings that the bishops wear, they have, they have powers in it. They are demonic or something. And then when they stretch it to you like this, then they're able to change your mind. You know, when I was growing up, a certain brother came to me and he told me that any girl I want, he can take me to a place, I'll get a girl. Any girl I want. So I was in class six. No, class five, and I was jumped to form one so that I can do common entrance. So probably, and I entered secondary school, getting to 12. So maybe I was around, no, just after 12, or getting to 12, 12 of the months I was born. So I was around 11 ish. <laughs> And he took me. He said, any girl I want, I mentioned, I'll get a girl. He said, when you give me something, and when a girl sees me, she'll just follow me like that. So I remember I followed my friend. I don't know whether it's my friend or not. Now I don't even know whether it was my friend. He's called Texan. So I, I followed him. I followed him. And that was in, because my senior brother had finished teacher training and my father wanted me to do common entrance. So he had asked me to go and stay with him so that he would teach me. 
So we ended up in Agunodo being a Methodist middle school. That's when I went, first I went to Catholic church. Then, I, so you, you, don't know, you don't know things. So, and I passed by the grace of God. And you know how I passed. You know how I passed. You don't want to know, I won't tell you. You know, when we're choosing the school, saying, I won't tell you later. So, so, the brother told me, so I followed him. That's in Agonod of him. Then we went, then he said, so when we got there, then he said, I should mention the name of the girl. So it was there that I started thinking of who. <laughs> it was there that he asked, I should mention the name of the girl. I started thinking of who I should mention. So I mentioned, can you imagine? So I mentioned Sister Philomena. <laughs> I mentioned Sister Philomena. Listen, no Sister Philomena, that person was my sister, baby girl somewhere. So sister Philomena. And this Philomena was huge. I mean, this Philomena was huge. And the man, they took the Tinkalo, they looked like Tinkalo or something. <laughs> and they took a pin and a red cloth. And then they wrote the name, attached the pin and put it in the thing like that. They said, from now, Sister Philomena, when she sees me, <laughs> She'll follow me like something. Anything I tell her, she will do. Wow. I thank God I didn't work. <laughs> I, I, I remember I saw Sister Philomena coming from somewhere. And I just ran. <laughs> the first time I just ran somewhere. <laughs> I was even afraid that she would know that I want to mention her name somewhere. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> but I thank God that it didn't work. Do you get it? So when I heard that the bishop's ring had that powers, I said, wow. But accusation, so they said, Jesus, the devils he was casting out. My mom said, it was easy. I said, when I met her, I was going to meet her. I said, hey. <laughs> But I think, I hear there are things like that. Aunt, Auntie Philomena, no sister Philomena. I'm sure even I said Antifolumina. Do you get it? So you'll be accused. Jesus has cast out a devil. Now they're saying that he's doing it by devils. Everything he said, everything will be said. You get it. But you too, somebody has said something about you. Yours is wilder than this, just that you don't know. Look at Paul. Paul was accused. I'm just letting you know. So those of who said there's no smoke without fire, haven't you seen this smoke on this? Is, is there any fire there? You say there's no smoke without fire. The smoke will come whether there will be any fire coming from there. Look at what, the name of the lady who was there. He said that, um, have you heard, Reverend? The only question I wanted, um, okay, the lady is called Sharon. What's Sharon's name in the film? L.P. Chantel. L.P. Portia is Sharon. And this one was Chantel. The only thing I wanted L.P. Portia to ask L.P. Chantel was that, has, he, has that reverence left with you before? Yes. Because you are saying that he's going around sleeping with people. Do you get it? 
So has he slept with you before? Because you also one of the people who had even attempted before. That's the only question I wanted. So if she said no, then why do you think that others have been slept with? Because as a man think it. So you see, it means when you fall in the when you fall in that group, well, so when you fall in that, that's what you do. So that's why you are thinking like that. Are you understand what I'm saying? So everything that they will say, I mean, I've said some before. I mean, I've said some before, honestly. I saw this, when this charismatic church started, there was this pastor in my area. Unfortunately, he has done Jerry Kells. I had never seen anything like that. How can a pastor do Jerry Kells? I don't know whether he had lived in America before or what. The one I'm passing, I'll see nice girls. Hey, Pastor Edwin. Nice girls, slim, fat, this, this, in the church. You know, and, and I always said that, hmm, Kai, these people, yeah, the pastor is enjoying. I, oh, anytime we pass it, we'll be talking about them. We'll be talking about them. Then they two in an open space. So, was, and they, those days, Casparty Church had brought new music, new things like that. So, we're all not used to it. So, so these guys, these guys. So, when, when I got born again, and I also became a pastor, <laughs> and I also started working with ladies, I said, You don't need to say it. Don't I know you say me, I've said it before. So, I don't even have to hear you saying it. Do you get it? Me, I've said it before. I'm prepared to hear it. I've said it before. Do you get it? But I'm saying that you have to be careful. Look at it. Then she said that now it is the pastor who. You see, as they tell you, when they go, they go and say another story. When you thought they have come to show you some what info, when they go to another place, they say, you said it. Lies. Recently, I recently, I heard someone who said that my father has slept with me. My father has slept with me, and this person was took the father to police to whatever. And at a certain point, the person said, "No, my father didn't sleep with me." And I said, ah, "So, why? What came to your mind to say that?" What came to your mind? What occurred to you? Why would you say something like that if it wasn't true? And that was not the first time. Another person, the man was just about to be jailed. This was the security of the house. And the parents, the, 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 the child of the people said, the watchman or security, this they call it security man. The security man slept with me. Whatever the man said, he slept with me. Just when they were going to send him, whatever, then by the grace of God, the person said it's not true. I said, people can lie. Those of you who think that everything is true, you wait till one day, and I pray that one day you hear yours. You collapse. You collapse. I hear with me. I'm just about to close. So Jesus was accused. Amen. And know that all of us We'll be accused. All pastors will be accused. We'll be accused of so many things. You'll be accused of so many things. Do you get it? But 
you, you the person following, must be persuaded. Must be persuaded. I know a lady went to sit in front of a, a wife. A lady went to sit in front of a wife and told the wife that her husband has been sleeping with her. So while she was talking, the wife said she took a phone and called the husband that this person is sitting in front of me saying that you have been sleeping with her. So the husband asks, what did you tell her? And I forgot what she told her. I said something to the effect that, oh, is that so? And you also allowed yourself. That's okay. And that's it. That's it. Not that the man has been doing it too, but she was persuaded. She was persuaded. Everybody can make mistakes, yes. A husband can sleep with a woman by mistake, even by plan, because it's a, a human being you can make a mistake. Do you get it? It's not the mistake the person does. It's how the person reacts to the mistakes that the person... So I'm not even trying to say anything. Do you get it? But I'm... I'm saying that in front, if it were you, and they came in, they said, Hey, I have always been, been suspecting. Hell will break loose. I've always been suspecting. You, sit here, look, today. Call Bishop Sam for me. Call this, come and listen, oh, come and listen. Even by the time you get to that, it's not true. Now, the many people have heard it, they will not hear the end of the story. So, it is already sport. It's not already sport. Are you get what I'm saying? So, be persuaded. Even be persuaded that, even if the person doesn't cry, you are persuaded that he's still my husband. <laughs> you know, one cry is another persuasion. <laughs> hey, me too, I can't say anything so. Amen. But the person... It is something I heard. Life. If it was you, what would you have said? Hey! Because many women are thinking, what would I do? ending, I was saying that one of the ways that you can also make people be persuaded about you, do you get what you want people to be persuaded about you, is that not so? Then you also must be open to the people, do you get it? So, so openness breeds persuasion, do you get it? Openness breeds full persuasion, because see, you can also not demand that people are are loyal to you and should be persuaded and yet there are things that they cannot understand it's like your life is mysterious you get it you have to be open that's why I mean when I'm preaching I'm open I'm no secrets haven't I told them a man <laughs> haven't I told you that the anointing for pastor is not to defend sin I've been open to you. I've not told you anything otherwise. Do you get it? I've told you when I'm taking your tithes, I tell you, 
Bishop David is a mechanical engineer. I have to pay him. So your tithe, I didn't use some to pay him. I didn't use some to pay Pastor Jerry. Then they use some to pay other things. I have not been open to you. I have not. We are not hiding anything. Yeah, we are open. It demands open. And if you want, you can come and ask. If you want, you can come and ask. But even the ones you don't ask, we will force to tell you. Yes. So that when people start accusing you, you get it? When people start accusing you, you rather will even, uh, so you rather stop them from accusing a person. I get what I'm saying. Okay, so that's the, the, the second one about making people persuaded about you. So your life shouldn't be mysterious. You, anytime you realize that my life is becoming mysterious, you should pause a bit and come and ask, these days, I am mystery. I get one. It should be open. Everybody must know what you do, where you stay. People know, I mean, what, what you, but it's not everything that people should know. They, they can't talk too much. <laughs> but I'm saying it should be open. Are you getting it? Then openness about your vision. People cannot follow you if they don't know your vision. Are you getting what I'm saying? And especially those of you who have been watching and flow services. You see our vision. You see the way we use our money. You see all the buildings are coming. All the buildings, those who are, which are roofed, those which are not roofed, the steel ones are coming. This, that, that's, it's open. Everybody can see what we are using the money for. That is why you don't, if people are saying that they are taking people's tithe, they're taking people that, you know what the tithe is being used for. You started your foundation, you know you haven't finished. You know that it's not easy to finish even a foundation. And somebody has built all these things. And you know your tithe. Then you should know that it's kind of grabbing. You know, sometimes I wonder why banks come for our money. Because I always said, ah, the money. So I wonder, I've been thinking, because the money comes. Then the following day is finished. So what do they gain from coming for the money? Because as soon as the money hits, as in for Sue, Novo, this, this, and it's finished. So I wonder. Then someone said it's good for their books and things that they are here. You can ask them. It's good for their books and all those things. But I don't, I don't see why they come for it. Please don't, don't tell them this, but. <laughs> so openness about your finances. That is why those things are being shown. Those of you who don't watch flow, start attending flow services. That's it. We are open about it. Vision. We have already told where we are going to. Is that not so? We have not been um, mysterious about what we are building. We say we are building a denomination which has become even more denominations. And let me tell you, every denomination is independent. Like Loyalty House. It's independent with its chairman. And we are building. And we know that without loyalty, that's what we preach about loyalty because our vision is already made known. They are building not one church, not two churches, a large church going to, we are already 92 plus nations and we are still going. So you cannot achieve this vision without loyalty. You cannot. You cannot achieve this vision without loyalty. So we have been open about the vision 
and we are now telling you what we are doing to achieve the vision. So everyone knows why we preach about loyalty. It is because as I am here today, if I decide to take this church and make it my own, how can we be able to get more churches and achieve this vision of a large and successful ministerial team? How can we achieve it? And if we say we want the ministry to outlast us, how can I say that because I have built this church, I won't move from here? How? Am I Mugabe? How? It is you who think that is the most beautiful place. But when we were in Cornerstone, we thought we were in the best place. Till we moved here. It means that there are other places that can even be nicer than here. It's as simple as that. You think that is the most nice. I mean, when we were in Cornerstone, man. I mean. But today, I haven't passed, before I realized I passed the building. So, and the same way, the same way, there can be nicer places than this. So, we've told you your vision. So that tomorrow, if I say I'm being, I'm being transferred to go to another place, yeah, if you don't cry, I'll be surprised. But I know you cry small. But when I was living in so no one cried. But when Bishop Manso was living in so people cried. So I always ask him, the how, why? If I, I've been asking him that question. The how come when I was living, no one cried? But when you were living, people were crying. I've asked him that question. And so I was, uh, he said, I'm not a good pastor or what is it? And I've still been asking him that question. I don't know why. Eh? Because he's cool. Eh? <laughs> don't bring yourself home. <laughs> but, so we have told you our vision already. So when you are now so having a church and we, we say, thou art transferred, why are you surprised? Look at Bishop Mousy. He was in Cornerstone with me. We built a church together, everything. He moved to Ho. Moved, no, moved to, no, no, Ghana here. Chapel Square, moved to the other one. 22, Chapel Square, Afenya, before he went to Ho, went to Paleme. And then went to uh, Togo, uh, um, the capital is Lome. They went to Paleme, Paleme, and he's still moving. Next time you hear, he's moved somewhere else. Next time you hear. So if you are following like you must be very sure that, but I know. And he's, not, he's a pharmacist too. He's not like, he's a nobody. He's also a pharmacist. He's not a young student who has just finished school and has just come. No. Yes. Almost a year. I'm older than him almost a year. Yeah. I tell you that I'm, the, I'm probably the oldest person in the chair, apart from two or three people. You don't, you don't believe me. I have some two or three people in the church. Are you getting me? But he moved. If you hear that he has moved again, he has moved. But you, small boy, you just came. Bishop David moved to places, then he moved to Gambia. Then his church was growing. When he was coming, he didn't want to come. He didn't want to come on that. Because if you are like Father's Day, he's the father. <laughs> like, 
honestly, I don't know how I said it came from my mouth. Then, where's the first lady? He was the general of Asia. So, Father's Day, his birthday will be his birthday. He recently said, birthday, 40th birthday. There was no fanfare here. There was no balloons. There was nothing. Well, 40th is a very powerful day. But no, nothing like that was happening. So, that's probably why he didn't want to come. But if you ask him today, he will tell you that he's the happiest person on earth. Yes. And he always tell me that he didn't know. He didn't, he didn't even know how he was going to be a bishop in a place like this. He didn't even know how he was going to be a bishop in a place like this. He has moved. And he's happy. He knows that there don't have to be balloons before he's blessed. He knows it. Those of you who talk to my keep quiet. You don't know. You don't know. It just don't, don't even think about it. Why is it that this? Why is that? Please, you don't know. Keep quiet. Because balloons and smoke, they, they chop. <laughs> to the wise. Mm-hmm. So, that's why people don't want to be transferred. So, so, I want you to know, be persuaded. Edwin, be persuaded. Yeah, be persuaded. And next week, I'm going to tell you a few things. Next week is the end of our this thing, but if the Lord, if you are happy, we'll just continue with it. But next week, I'm going to tell you about something that if somebody is, is misbehaving the church, how you should tell without being a lapor. The way to tell without being a lapor. Because it's people who tell that some silly people are playing foolishness. And they say it. And then the unity comes. Amen. I hope you came to church today. Today is Father's Day. Colorful day. I want you to, every one of you, I want you to make sure you, you link up with your daddy. You know, link up with your father. Any father figure in your life. Send him a test. Send him a good message. Take pictures with the person. Show the person love. Appreciate the person. Go to your daddy. Appreciate your daddy. Some of you must buy something on the way. But go to your daddy. Any, any daddy figure. Some of you women are daddy figures in your life. Appreciate them. And you'll be blessed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. And let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. We are talking about having a relationship with your father here on earth. But there's a super father up there in heaven. If you have a relationship with him, your life will forever be changed. And then you secure your eternal future. You secure your eternal future. So I want to tell you, I want to tell you today, maybe someone invited you or you came on your own. I want to tell you to give your life to our Father, which is in heaven. And you can give your life to him through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the way. So you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to have a relationship with my heavenly Father. I want to have a good relationship with my heavenly Father. So, Pastor, pray for me. My friend brought me. I came on my own. 
but I'm not too sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. So pray for me to give my life to Jesus, to be born again. Every movement ceased, every eye closed. You want me to pray for you to give your life to Jesus wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand. I'm going to pray with you. And God bless you. Lift it up high. I can see it. Lift it up high. I can see it. Lift it up high. I can see it. Now, if your hand is up, wherever you are, every eye closed. If your hand is up, stand to your feet and let me pray with you. If your hand is up, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Take your Bible. Take your purse. Take whatever. Anything you came with, I want you to take it and come to me from wherever you are. We're going to share a small word with you. And then you take your, put your hands together for them as they come. Please help them to come. Help them to come. Put your hands together for them. Put your hands together for them as they come. Put your hands together for them as they come. Put your hands together for them. To have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father. God in heaven. Wow. God in heaven. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Any more coming? You want to give your life to Jesus wherever you are? Good. Now also, also, if today is your very first time, very, very first time of coming, this is your very, very first time of coming. Here, someone invited you, you came. I want you to give me a wave. Just give me a wave. First time of coming here. Someone invited you, you came. Can I see you? Oh, wow. Wonderful. Can you please stand to your feet? I can't see all of you. Can you stand to your feet wherever you are? Help them to stand if you are by them. And if you have any Bible, any book, any whatever, can you take it and come to me wherever you are? God bless you. If you have, come and join them. God bless you. God bless all of you. Visitors, church, you have stopped. You have stopped inviting people to church. You have to start doing so and you'll be blessed. Amen. And all of you sitting there, if, if you're not invited, where have you been? So you two talk about your matter later. But let's, those of you who want to say this with me, if you are born again already, you can say it and then later they will sort you out. And all of us, let's join together and say it. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I want to have a relationship. I want to have a relationship. With my heavenly father. With my heavenly father. And I want to come through you. And I want to come through you. As the Bible says. As the Bible says. So I believe in my heart. So I believe in my heart. That Jesus Christ. That Jesus, Jesus Christ. Died for me. Died, died for, for me. me. And I confess with my mouth and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is Lord. From today, from today, from this moment, from this moment, I take Jesus into my heart. I take Jesus with my heart as my Lord, as my Lord and personal Savior. And personal Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For accepting me. For accepting me. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For accepting me. For accepting me. And making me your child. And making me your child. From today. From today, I am yours. I am yours, and you are mine. And you are mine. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you for listening to Active Word by Bishop Ishmael Sam. For copies of today's message or any other message by Bishop Sam, please contact us on zero two four four five three four eight one six. 
or visit us at Loyalty House International, Abid Dawenya. You can also send Bishop Sam an email at pastorishmael at yahoo.com. For prayer and counseling, you can contact us on 0246-939-984. To support this program, send your donations via mobile money to 055-874-2922 or 050-940-0044. You can join us in worship via YouTube and Facebook Live at Bishop Ishmael Sam-DHMM. Also at Royalty House International HQ page. You can also join us in worship this and every Sunday in our powerful gathering service at 9 a.m. at the Royalty House International Abbey Dowenya. God bless you.